0: Dog Days of Podcasting. Day 31 or bonus day number one. Today is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. Today's topic, CRISPR. I'm actually done talking about pandemics in history. Obviously, there are many more I could talk about, most of them smaller epidemics and outbreaks, and that could be another 30 or 70 episodes, maybe next year. But I do have a Some thoughts for a few follow-up episodes, and here is one. In episode 10, we talked about retroviruses and how the retrovirus AAV, adeno-associated virus, is used in gene therapy. By the way, HIV is a retrovirus. That's episode 22. In episode 10, I described the example of young Connor Curran, who has Duchenne's muscular dystrophy and how gene therapy helped him replace his defective dystrophin gene. The idea is that since retroviruses work by inserting viral genes into people's cells, scientists try to put a good gene into AAV and infect a person with that AAV, which remember is not harmful itself, and get AAV to deliver a good gene into a patient's cells. But, I never said, how do you get the good gene into AAV? This is now done by CRISPR, which is simply a new tool in gene technology, much of which itself revolves around editing genes. Editing a cell's genes means knocking a gene out, or removing it completely, inserting a gene, or doing both, knocking out and inserting, which essentially means replacing one gene with another, This has been doable in the past, but only with great effort. CRISPR is an acronym for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats, which describes special DNA sequences in some bacteria that give rise to this new technique. CRISPR genome engineering technology enables scientists to easily and precisely edit the DNA of any genome. CRISPR itself was discovered by Francisco Mojica in Spain in the 90s. However, CRISPR technology was developed around 2012 by Jennifer Doudna at UC Berkeley, as well as Emmanuel Charpentier, if I say that right, now at the the Max Planck Institute for Infection Biology in Berlin, and Fen Zhang of MIT, who, by the way, went to high school in my home state of Iowa in Des Moines. Remember those names. That's why I told you those. My prediction, Doudna, Charpentier, and Zhang will eventually share a Nobel Prize for this work, as well as possibly Mohica. My guess, too, is that this will be the first time two women share a Nobel Prize, at least in science. We'll see if I'm right. CRISPR is basically just a set of enzymes that allow bacteria to fight off bacteriophages. Bacteriophages are just viruses that invade bacteria. We learned about bacteriophages, or phages, in Episode 8 and about how they are used in phage therapy. Anyway, one way bacteria fight off phages is to use its built-in CRISPR system to chop out a piece of phage DNA, insert it into its own DNA. Then the next time that phage comes around, the bacterium recognizes it and uses CRISPR to chop up the phage, the viral virus, DNA to destroy it. What I just said is probably not 100% correct. I'm sure I just oversimplified I find the details confusing. The point is, Doudna and others have modified CRISPR to be able to edit cells of their choice to chop up or remove bad genes and or to insert good genes. Here's a little description, trying to repeat kind of what I just said in a different way. CRISPR is a modified bacterial defense system. When bacteriophages attack a bacterium, they do so by injecting their DNA into the bacterium. This bacteriophage DNA, once inside the cell, can reprogram the invaded bacterial cell and coax it into making more bacteriophages. Bacteria, being the resilient buggers that they are, have developed ingenious methods to fend off bacteriophages. One of these methods is CRISPR. Every time that a bacterial cell encounters a new bacteriophage, it cuts up a bit of the invading bacteriophage DNA and stores it in its own genome. That way, if the bacterial, bacterial cell ever encounters that type of Bacteriophage again, it can pull out that stored piece of DNA and use it to recognize and destroy the invading bacteriophage. Again, it's probably way more complicated than even that. So, again, scientists use CRISPR to insert a good gene into AAV. They then infect a person who has a genetic disease with this AAV which then inserts that good gene into a patient's cells. I'm not sure yet if CRISPR can be used to remove a bad gene from a person with uh, a bad gene. I don't know if they can remove that yet. Uh, That technology has been developed, but it has been developed to insert good genes. Finally, to pat myself on the back, there's this. I talked about this AAV, retrovirus, in episode 10 on August 13th. Amazingly, that exact same day, I was later listening to, the, to Smithsonian Magazine's Science Talk podcast. Good podcast, Science Talk. And in this, uh, author Mark Alpert was interviewed by Steve Mirsky about his latest sci-fi thriller called The Coming Storm, Again, this came out after I recorded my show, so I stole nothing from them. In this interview, you see how what I've talked about plays out in the mind of a sci-fi author and how he used AAV and CRISPR in his book in a couple of excerpts I'm about to play for you. Here's the first excerpt. Note, the Chinese researcher incident he speaks of is true.
1: And then the other trend that I was looking at was this genetic editing new technology called CRISPR, um, which uh, although there's been techniques for genetic engineering that have existed for decades, what makes CRISPR different is its ease of use. Uh, you, you have a technology here uh, that, that, that uses um, molecular tools that can be injected into the body, carried to the cells of the body through viruses that, that in, inject the, the viruses as they, they infect your cells, uh, put these, these molecular tools into cells and they can actually uh, cut and paste your DNA sequence, and uh, and the fact is that that uh, it, it's this is not as difficult as former as previous techniques for genetic engineering. So you could have a situation where a, a graduate student with just you know minimal amount of training could you know do this uh, and 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 make very big changes to the, to the, the DNA. And the the really scary part is what happened in China, where uh, a Chinese researcher named He Jiangui, um announced that he had made the first Genetically modified human babies he 'd actually uh, taken the embryos and uh, uh, changed their their DNA sequences in order to um, prevent them from being infected by HIV
0: by the way, that Chinese researcher has been severely criticized, and i haven 't heard very recently, but i wouldn 't be surprised if he lost his position and everything. They're very much uh, criticized for doing this genetic engineering on these babies for being kind of a lone wolf. It was there's no official agreement, but everyone kind of has unofficially agreed. Let's not uh, experiment on humans yet with this technology. Uh, And, you know, we just don't know exactly how safe it is. So uh, it's really a, a stupid move on his part. From what I can tell. And also, uh, to try to save someone from being infected by HIV, at this point, people should be educated enough in a place like China to know how to avoid being infected. So, it wasn't even the best thing to work on. Anyway, uh, Mark Alpert, in his book, a part of what's in his book is the creation of a super army built by genetic engineering. And he mentions in this next excerpt kind of where he got this idea. Why am I not hearing anything?
1: Well, the the sure idea there is that CRISPR, in, in addition to changing uh, an embryo, you could actually inject the change, inject this these CRISPR molecular tools inside uh, an adult uh, in the form of a virus, usually an adenovirus, and um, and this virus it, instead of making you sick. It actually, the, the, as the virus invades the cell, it releases these molecular tools, which then start changing, you know, the DNA in, in the cell's nucleus. And, and right now, and this this stuff, that sounds like science fiction, but it's, it's actually in clinical trials. Right now, the easiest um, Not to thing, make a super soldier, just using CRISPR Yes, is yes, yes, yeah. in clinical right. trials. Yeah, I was going to say, using CRISPR to do something much simpler, like, for example, change a single gene. So a good example of this is uh, the the genetic flaw that causes muscular dystrophy. Now this is a single flaw in what's called the dystrophin gene, and it uh, because a person with muscular dystrophy does not have the uh, the correct gene, and so. Their muscles are not producing this crucial protein of dystrophin, and that's why uh, the muscles deteriorate over time. And usually, mus- people with muscular dystrophy die, you know, by their by their twenties or their thirties. Um, but theoretically, you can stop the deterioration right away if you inject into the muscle these viruses that contain the CRISPR molecular tools. They go into the muscle cells. They actually fix the dystrophin gene so that it can produce a, a form of this dystrophin protein, and then you know prevent the further deterioration of muscle tissue. That's amazing. If it works, and it's in clinical trials right now. I would imagine sickle cell as a point mutation, a single uh, point mutation, would also be a a pretty good candidate for this kind of a treatment. It is indeed, yeah. In fact, there was just a story in the New York Times about three uh, approaches of genetic engineering to to correct the sickle cell uh, flaw, and one of them does involve CRISPR. All right, there you go.
0: So sorry about that. Right when I hit the button for that to play, it didn't play. It kind of paused for a second. Uh, You notice he even used my muscular dystrophy example. Pretty cool, huh? And he also mentioned sickle cell. I left that in there because we just talked about sickle cell anemia yesterday. By the way, to, to clarify, the Chinese researcher was criticized for using it on babies and without any types of clinical trials or anything. That's why so yes CRISPR and uh, gene editing is being used on humans but adults who can consent to these trials not just all of a sudden using our little babies and it's going to affect them for the rest of their lives and they had no say in it so that's the difference anyway if in case you're wondering how easy it would be to genetically engineer a super soldier by chance I it's not easy by chance I recently read a book called the sports gene which if If you have any interest in this, or endurance sports, or any type of sports, you might want to read it. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I think it's by a guy named David Epstein, I believe. Uh, If you've read this book, you realize there are not just a few genes that make a person super athletic. There are likely many hundreds of them, each contributing a little bit of this or a little bit of that. That's one thing that scientists have, have learned in the last couple of decades, that what makes up our... Uh, human characteristics is really complex when it comes to genes. It's not like, some seem really easy, like eye color, but most things are not like that. So there's usually uh, hundreds of genes that contribute to things, especially like our uh, athletic abilities. There are a few genes that seem to have pretty pronounced effects, but not enough is going to make you a super soldier. Likewise, there are probably... Uh, they, guess they make 1,200 genes that affect your intelligence. So it's also not likely you can just replace two or three or four or five or even 10 genes and turn someone into uh, smarter than the smartest computer in the world. It's way more complex than that. On top of all this, you have uh, nurture. Right? There's nature, how you're born, and nurture, your environment and how you grow up. So it's just way too complex to to simply turn people into super beings by editing a few genes, which is probably a good thing. Uh, And even if you could, there's the issue of side effects, because most genes have multiple effects within the body. If it's expressed too much, a little bit of expression of a gene might be good. Too much could have side effects. So there's all that as well. It should be noted, though, in kind of a scary way, One can envision some disturbing scenarios, and these guys brought this up in that interview as well. For example, they've been able to find genes that tame uh, foxes or wolves, essentially turn them into nice dogs, tame dogs, or tame genes. Imagine if you could find taming genes in humans, genes that make us less likely to protest, Less likely to riot, less likely to grab a gun and shoot people up and all this stuff. Uh, imagine if you could find those and imagine uh, the government inserting those genes into a bacteria, or I'm sorry, into a retrovirus and spreading the retrovirus and we all catch it and then we're all good little tame uh, people and everyone's all nice and happy because no one can control their... <laughs> If it was all tame, right, no one can get all upset. You know what I'm saying, right? It sounds really disturbing and very uh, crazy and very sci-fi-ish, but it also doesn't sound completely out of the realm of possibility. It's a little bit scary. And yeah, I don't know about you, but I can imagine a few uh, dictators and others rubbing their hands rather gleefully at that idea. All right, that's a wrap on retroviruses.